everybody very special announcement we have another giveaway coming everyone's been waiting for it here yes we've just reached the uh the 1k sub mark pretty recently here and we're doing a bit of a giveaway by a bit i mean we're giving away we more than we usually do we got uh i mean it's a special mile, a special milestone you gotta do it yeah we got we see this is a special mile 1k uh we didn't you know we weren't expecting any of this we were just two random guys playing some games talking about random shit that we didn't know if anyone would actually want to listen to and here we are yep uh we are going to be rolling off some prizes so let's let's show everyone what they're potentially winning here so on my side we have two beautiful that's well you're going to be rolling for one of these sets so the herald of rebirth uh extended art the rainbow foils mm -hmm. here one so of each, each roll would be pitch one of each color yep one of each color so three cards total there will be a cold foil icelander and a cold foil genus i don't know if the screen captures that very well so one <laughs> roll will be for both of those so both of those cold foils and then we're going to have a cold foil crazy brew alt art look at that beautiful that's a beautiful one. and crazy uh, Rob, what, what do you got for the fans here? Yeah, so we've got three of the alternate art Boneyard Marauders here from, I believe, Team Covenant. Uh, so yeah, one winner will get all three of these. I then have a Rainbow Foil Katsu from my collection here to be given off. Uh, pretty nice card there. Uh, additionally, one Rainbow Foil Azalea for all you Ranger fans. And last but not least, or hopefully not, <laughs> we've got one of our... First spark of genius playmats that we will be giving away we've gotten some you know requests for people who wanted to buy these and we figured let's just put it in a giveaway uh for anyone yep. to win so yeah that's that's it so, for me yeah all you got to do to win very very simple you have to like comment and subscribe on any of the videos with uh with this intro uh onto it for the comments all we need to hear from you is you know we've been doing this uh, a little while almost uh but a long time, almost a year, not actually even close to a year. Eight, but eight months? For a while, about eight months now. So <laughs> what kind of video do you want to see us making in the future? This could be more of the same, more of our CC videos, Classic Constructed Blitz, mm -hmm. our POV drafts, deck discussion videos, deck techs, whatever. What do you want to see us make more of, whether we've made any of it or not? Let us know down in the comments for any of the videos. We will be posting this for probably, probably the month of August. And when the month is August is up, we will be doing the rolls in September. And with that, appreciate everyone for watching. Are you continue to support from the bottom of both of our hearts? We really do appreciate it. With that, have a great day. Hello everybody, and welcome to another Spark of Genius Flesh and Blood production. Doing a little bit of summer fun here as we're all roasting away, and we have a—I'll <laughs> say another tier list. I'm sure everyone, everyone and their dog is uh, pumping out a tier list right about now. But you know what? That's okay because everyone has different opinions, and everyone is slightly more wrong than the other person. So we're mm -hmm. going to be bringing out one of our own tier lists with special <laughs> guest Yuki Lee Bender, the 2021 Canadian National Champion. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not actually going to put on all her uh, was it honor accolades. No, or honor What's, there's like a word, all of her, not titles, they're like, oh, it's like her subtitles. Her, her side titles? Yeah, it's like the honorable <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Okay, anyways. Honorable mentions. Uh, I'm just going to say the 2021 Canadian National Champ. And she's going to help us dissect this meta going into uh, going into Pro Tour. So this is specifically for Pro Tour. There is another going to be another uh, BNS, BNR, BNS, who cares? There's going to be another update after uh, Pro Tour, before Nats season. So we're not, we're not going to talk about Nats 
because a lot can change after PT. There could be something ridiculously broken that uh, LSS decides to fix before Nats. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to be talking about this as of the most recent, I think July 29th, I want to say. So somewhere around there, yeah, uh, where they ago. banned uh, Stubby Hammers in CC. So now Stubby Hammers is just banned in Blitz and CC. You just can't play that card. Uh, mm -hmm. they, they, um, they essentially, for anyone who doesn't know, they said, uh, <laughs> we gave you about a month to use it, to have fun with it in FI with a bunch of games, but now we're taking it away from you. You, uh, we spoiled children, you. <laughs> so no, no more hammers for us. Uh, um, and we're going to see, I think that definitely affects our tier list. So everyone else's tier list is outdated at this point. So you can check out ours. And <laughs> we're going to be going through chronologically here from Welcome to Wraith all the way down to Uprising here. My name's Eric. I'm joined by my co-creator, co-commentator, co-caster, co-compatriot, Rob. Uh, and of course, Yuki, who I mentioned earlier. And uh, I don't think there are that many announcements here. I know that... Uh, Myself, Rob, and Yuki will be at the Canadian. Now. I know, I know, Yuki will be at PT. So if you mm -hmm. want to go say hi to Yuki, she'll be at PT uh, in Lille. Uh, yeah, we'll all be, be at Canadian Nats in Ottawa and probably Worlds too. So <clears throat> those are kind of the, the events scheduled at this particular point. Um, mm -hmm. I don't have any announcements. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. I guess we can roll right into it with. Uh, I guess we'll start off with Bravo. Is there no? Yeah, you no, guys can uh, just pick which hero you want to start with, but we can start at the beginning if you want. We can I go guess, with Bravo. I guess we can start with Bravo. That, that's yeah. fine. Bravo. Okay, so Bravo, Bravo. The I'll just shove them I'll in B to start off with, and then we can move them up yeah, or down. B for Bravo. <laughs> that's so right. I guess I guess uh, I guess I'll lead off here because I this is kind of the hero I've been messing around with the most mm -hmm. over the last little while, um, playing a bunch of games into it, seeing kind of the results. Uh, at this point, Bravo did win Battlehard in Auckland. Uh, Mr. Kale Bacreeth did pump that out with his uh, <laughs> E-Strike list. And uh, so I, I, something happened in my throat when I had to say that out loud. But <laughs> it, uh, it did win. Uh, um, and it is definitely a hero that has gone up in people's minds based on the fact that if aggro comes up, Bravo's disruptive. Like, it's very good against aggro decks. That's, that's kind of his bread and butter. He's good into aggro. He's pretty good into mid-range, too. He can uh, definitely uh, swing with the best of them, no pun intended. And <laughs> he's just, like, not amazing versus control. He could be fine versus control, but against, like, that prism kind of build, he just kind of falls flat. He can't. He's not fast enough to really bring, like, bring down the threats for something like Aura Prism. Uh, fast enough to be able to, like, punch through, right? To, to like, get that opening, opening window that aggro decks can do. So... I think Bravo at the moment is definitely a hero of the meta. I think he's overall a, a good hero, but different metas definitely impact him a lot more. Mm -hmm. And currently, we have seen Phi take down a lot of events. Uh, of course, this was before Hammer is banned. I don't think, I don't think we've had like a solid one after that. But mm -hmm. I think uh, Phi is definitely still <coughs> strong. Um, I think other decks such as Viscerai and other aggro decks are still going to be running around doing a lot of damage. Uh, Prism is very, very close to LL, which is, uh, I think, 998 as yep. far as uh, the recording at this yep. point. And when Prism LLs out, uh, Bravo becomes a whole lot better because that is by far his worst matchup. Um, just there's no comparison. You, like uh, I'm sure many people have seen the Guardian Prism matchup. It doesn't matter what Guardian you're playing. It's, it's kind of it's not very fun. Uh, so that's also impacts Bravo quite a bit. I think I, I would put Bravo... I'm actually going to keep him in A tier. I think he, mm -hmm. he has the tools to really disrupt the meta. I think what's stopping me from putting him in S tier is he's very he's a he's a very difficult hero to play. 
uh, into into the meta, uh, playing the mirror, playing into control, playing into mid range. Yeah, you can play into aggro and kind of just smash disruption every single turn if you draw it kind of thing. But Bravo is an extremely difficult here to play, very nuanced, uh, requires a lot of knowledge in things like pitch stacking, uh, second cycle if that comes up, and also kind of what tools he has against different matchups. I think he has a very, very good armor suite. He has a very, very good card pool, given he's got a lot, <laughs> couple sets, multiple sets in card pool. Uh, I think in an aggro-heavy meta, he's definitely going to be one of the strongest heroes. However, he does have like glaring weaknesses as far as Prism still in the meta. He's just not amazing into control, but he could be fine into control. Um, mm -hmm. That being said, I think uh, I think I would personally leave him in A at the moment. Maybe with potential ones, Prism LLs out, maybe. Yeah, uh, I, I I think I would keep him in A even without Prism. He would be higher on the A chart for me, but I I I had I I would struggle to put him in S. Not that I don't want him to be in S. I just think his pool is still fair, which sounds really strange. We're gonna be I'm gonna be too, he's up, too fair for us up a lot. He's he's yeah. he's S to me is like something that is like borderline broken or just like broken straight up. Right, like it just—it's just—it's kind of ridiculous. Like the efficiency that you could pop out ridiculous damage, or the efficiency that you just can't, like, get any damage across, kind of thing. Uh, Bravo is strong, however, I don't think he's unfair at all. Like, I think he's extremely balanced. He's one of the original heroes, um, and based on that, I, I would struggle to put any of the original heroes in Welcome to Wraith on S tier for that kind of level. Um, and Bravo's no exception. So I, I don't know. I don't know if Yuki agrees with me here, but I'm sure she has some thoughts. Yeah, I, I think that Bravo is sort of like one of the big heroes going into this. Maybe a little bit less so. Um, it kind of depends what people find with Phi, um, since like Phi without stubbies is a big question mark. So like depending, I think I think Bravo will be good, good against Phi no matter like how he ends up being built. Yeah. However, I don't know how popular Phi will be. So the more that the meta is going to skew towards aggro for the Pro Tour, the more I think that Bravo could be like a good meta call. But you are, like, like Eric said, you are kind of rolling the dice with that Prism matchup. And in a mixed format event, I think that can be an okay thing to do. Like you don't have that many rounds of CC and you might have like a round or two to give if you do get that Prism matchup mm -hmm. and you're really confident in those aggro matchups. But it probably depends like what percentage of the field you expect to be aggro. Personally, I probably want it to be like... 50% plus, which honestly it could be. Um, I wouldn't be that that shocked to see about 50% mm -hmm. of like some of the premier aggro decks um, mm -hmm. and then the rest of the meta being other things. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I think he's a solid choice, but I agree. He's not like yeah, that makes sense. head and shoulders above the rest. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I do I do also see him like, even those in those matchups against things like Dory into like Katsu, like Reinar, he is, he, I would say he's favored into all of them. Um, to that point where like he he also has solid matchups into like the mid range decks, uh, so I, I think yeah I definitely echo what Yuki said is like you want to see a lot of aggro if you're expecting a lot of aggro I would say he's a very 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 good choice he's a very solid consistent hero which is something that's very hard to find nowadays yeah mm -hmm. um, and if that's what kind of what you're looking for and you don't want to like roll the dice off your first eight cards being brick uh, Bravo is a pretty pretty decent choice uh, um, so I, good. I think we're gonna keep him in A all right let's go to Reiner. All right, Rob, tell me about Reinar. Tell you about Reinar. Well, we did play a couple of games. <laughs> um, I will say that I have been sick for a while, so I haven't actually played much in this meta. Uh, so my my opinion might be a little out of touch with what actually... I mean, you guys probably have more insight than I do, even in Reinar, but I would no say way, that... No we can correct you. I would say that looking... Be because the meta is so regressive, 
uh, Reinar probably doesn't have much of a place right now. Uh, Reinar does have a build where you can be more um, you can be more um, defensive. You can add a bunch of D reacts. It was very successful into into Starville, the Starville meta, um, but I don't think it's enough to really be good enough into the Briars, into the Fies, into the Viscerize. Um, mm -hmm. So for that reason, I would stick him pretty low at this point, probably at a C uh, is where I would put him. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I'll open the door for you guys to uh, counter any of those points. Right. I think, like, the bread and butter has been the claw build, and I think there have been romping club builds where, like, you are able to, as you said, kind of stack on some D-reacts. Like, you run unmovables, you run... Uh, Fate sinks, uh, reckless swings, all that kind of thing, and you just like beat down with like your super efficient two card hands, three card hands tops, usually two card hands, sometimes <laughs> one card hands, right? And that's kind of where Reinar shines in my view, right? Doing a lot with a little, uh, and getting really solid three blocks, getting mm -hmm. really solid defensive options. Uh, my there. gripe with Reinar is, first of all, he doesn't have a lot of armor. As far as like a defensive deck goes, if you're trying to make him defensive, he lacks armor. He has scabs. He ha he doesn't have a good chest slot, nor does he have a good um, arm slot as far as like an armor. He has Crown of uh, Providence now, like everybody else, of mm -hmm. course. Mm -hmm. But his chest slot is going to always be a one armor chest slot. Uh, his arms is always going to be like a one armor arms. Uh, yeah. I, I don't count it's either hide there. Gamblers or Hiron Rot, pretty yeah. much. Uh, yeah, pr pretty much. Yeah. And. You know, the thing with the Claws build is I've definitely seen Reinar with Claws beat. I mean, even at our local top eight, there was a Reinar that got into top four by beating a fire, right? Like, it, mm -hmm. I've definitely seen it happening. Uh, there needed to be a fair amount of high rolling, I think, uh, if I remember correctly. Like, you need to like, you need to hit the nuts. Yeah, he, he can do it. He has pop-off turns. But if you're, if you're yes. aiming for those turns as your game plan, uh, it won't go well most of the time. No, on average, <laughs> on average you are going to fall a little bit flat. He is definitely not... Uh, he doesn't have that consistent damage output uh, as most aggro decks does, but yeah. he has a little bit more defense in relation. He has more three blocks. He has a little bit mm -hmm. more armor on average. Well, he did not not really anymore, mm -hmm. but he he did have a little bit more armor. Uh, yeah. I think um, he there, is like. I was gonna say there is an it. argument for just Levia being better in general. Yeah, um, probably, if you're going for more of a controlled defensive playstyle, Levia is kind of is just the better yeah. choice between the two heroes. Especially if you're not That's even fair. going claws with Rhydon, you're going like club. Um, mm. I think Levy can just do it better. Yeah, that's also fair. <clears throat> I think Reinar, uh, like the last point is that Reinar is, historically, it's good into control metas, right? Like yeah. your your hero ability intimidate is good against stuff like Oldham. And so if Oldham gets very popular or other other kind of control decks that plays a lot of D-reacts, plays a lot of defensive cards, Reinar will go up in priority. Mm -hmm. However, that is not the meta Going into it, that's not the meta I'm expecting going into PT. Yeah. I think there'll be a higher level of disrupt slash control if they find good builds and good practice into the aggro decks. However, going into it, the events that we've had so far and like the testing that I've done at least, and maybe you've done, is control decks are just not usually the best overall choice at the moment. And so Reinar doesn't make as much sense to play. But uh, I'm fine with keeping him in C. I don't know what Yuki feels. Yeah, I think C is about right. Um for pretty much all the reasons that you said. Um, I find that for the Claw build, he just revolves a little bit or too much around Blood Rush Fellows, um, which is like only of a three of in the deck. And like when you have that, you can kind of keep up, but when you don't, you can't at all. Mm -hmm. um, so that's pretty rough. 
And then Blood Rush Bellows also just has like a little bit of innate variance because you have the random discard and you're drawing two yeah. off the top. So like <clears throat> I've seen really, really good Blood Rush turns and I've also seen ones that are like, uh, okay, yeah. you did 15 damage. Like that's yeah. that's cute. And there's also an issue that early enough. I noticed too is that the more defensive you build Reinar, the worse your Blood Rush Bellow turns are. Because you're running less of the six attack cards, you're yeah, running more of the D reacts. Like so scene, um, like, on, oh, okay. on most hands, you're gonna draw two six attacks and two non six attacks. So if you're planning to use your tunic charge to play Blood Rush, you're not gonna really be that successful. Um, you pretty much have to pitch one or two of your other cards to be able to guarantee a six discard. Um, yeah. Anyway, so it seems to be yeah. counterintuitive to like defensive plus wanting to go off on Blood Rush doesn't work that well. Mm -hmm. That's fair. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Reinar's there, Dory. Sure, think, yeah, let's go into Dory. <clears throat> I think Dory is interesting. I think she had she she's definitely has a place um, in the meta. It's it's definitely a little bit more niche because she has been uh, gatekeeped a little bit by Prism. I think Dory. I think a lot Prism of heroes have this. <laughs> yeah. Prism is just one of those heroes that just does that, right? Um, yeah. <clears throat> especially heroes that like to go tall, Guardian, Dory. They like to go tall. Prism's very, very good against those kinds of heroes because she can trade health for... Uh, I'm not going to go too much into Prism until we get to Prism, but that's just that's generally how it works. Again, if Prism does LL out, that brings a... Uh, Dory is good against aggro. She has the the mother of all fridges, like, other than, like, Husk <laughs> is, is... Chain is banned, right? Chain is yeah. LL'd out, so... Dory now has the biggest fridge, unless you count Levia, I guess, but... Yeah, I forgot to bring that average, up. <laughs> Compared to Reiner, she has the Husk as well, so... Yeah, but yeah. but Dory Dory has the the biggest regular fridge, right? Like it's 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 seven armor up front, and then you get another one if you want a crucible. Oh, sorry, courage, and another one on the 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 arms, the brave forge. So like she gets the most reoccurring <clears throat> and upfront armor, mm -hmm. and it it's also got great utility, right? Like your boots give you go again, your your arms give you another plus one counter, that kind of thing. Yeah, she got glistening steel blade, extremely good card, uh, definitely a, a three of that I, I would think. Uh, mm -hmm. able to really get that tempo rolling and take advantage of those decks that just don't block mm -hmm. a lot of the aggro decks right um and the ability to gain a counter that doesn't go away if you don't hit is very very good right it's, it's, a, it's must a matter of pretty much at yeah. that point yeah yeah because you're grabbing tempo and you just don't let go right like you can you can take a turn to block because you have seven armor and a lot of your cards block for three and well, so it still does go away if you don't hit the glistening steel blade one. Yeah, because Dawnblade just removes all counters. It doesn't care where they came from. <clears throat> Dawnblade removes all counters. Yeah, at the end of at the end of turn, if you haven't hit with the Dawnblade, you remove all plus one counters from it. Is the word? Oh, okay. So it does yeah. still get removed, mm -hmm. but like the ability to get three counters is really really strong yeah. and. The other thing I've seen is like Twinning Blade has become a much better card because if you just like throw your hand at it and you're like, well, I'll stop her from yeah. getting the second swing and getting <laughs> any counters and she just goes Twinning Blade, hits you for 10, get a counter, it's like a pretty big blow up. Mm. Um, so yeah, yeah, I totally agree though. She's quite solid, but the Prism matchup is is tough. Mm -hmm. Where do we feel yeah. on the tier list she belongs given, given that she uh, can be very good against aggro? I think B is fine. Yeah, Probably like a high Higher B or a low B. A. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I would, I'd put her on a high B. I, I would put her in a high B. I think she has game into a lot of stuff, but I also don't necessarily think she's particularly, like... Like, Bravo, I think, is quite favored into some of the aggro decks, and I don't know that I would say the same for Dory. Like, I think she can win, and she has a decent matchup, and she might even be slightly favored into some, <clears throat> but I wouldn't put mm -hmm. her as, like, a huge favorite. And mm -hmm. I think that, given the kind of liability in the Prism matchup, I don't know that she's doing anything 
well enough that it makes me want to put her higher. Like, I think she's really good into Dromai, but I don't know. Mm -hmm. We can talk about Dromai later, but I, I don't know that. Like, at the moment, Dromai's not, you know, like a major top tier threats or anything. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. I was thinking of the other Dawnblade. I was thinking of Resplendent that doesn't. That's the one we did up. play with. Yeah, that's right. That, that's the confusion. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I think we tested the, the cards with the... the the classic battles uh, decks. Yeah. yeah, so you can Resplendent Glistening, and then the uh, the Resplendent doesn't say take off the counter. Correct, so that, that's right. kind of what I was thinking about with that combo. Anyways, point is, I think B is fine. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Katsu. Katsu. Strictly worse five. Weaker. <laughs> no, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I, I thought Katsu was weaker than he actually was, but he actually put up some solid results uh, so far mm -hmm. in the season, as far mm -hmm. as top eights and uh, in general his builds have been uh, evolving. I would say with the meta, he doesn't really use stubbies that well, uh, so he wasn't really running it. Um, so the the recent ban doesn't really affect him that much. Right. Uh, it it does allow him to claw back as as far as like not as much worse than Phi as far as the burst potential. Still worse, for sure, mm -hmm. uh, but not as worse. And I think the ability to... I think Katsu is very flexible. His mm -hmm. matchups are a little bit interesting in that I don't think he's very good into... Like, I think his Guardian matchup is still very bad. I think he's just he's just not very good into Guardian. He never has been. Don't think that's changed. Uh, he is... He, could, he can be good against decks like Prism and such. Uh, I think he's still pretty good into like dash and things like that, mm -hmm. uh, I, I, but I think he'll struggle into like viscerai, like any of the rune blades. I don't, I don't think he has like an edge into any of those matchups. He doesn't do that well into guardian, and so o overall across the board, I don't think he has enough favorable matchups for me to want to gravitate towards picking him unless he were my pet deck, which he is not. So I'm taking it from like an unbiased point of view. If like I don't haven't played a lot of Katsu, is he a reasonable <laughs> choice? Uh, I think he is definitely like stronger than Reinar at the moment. He, his burst did get a little. He got like take the tempo. He got um, right a, couple, a second uh, strike, double, double strike, double, double, double strike. strike. Yeah. Uh, he can the thing with crown doesn't really help because he runs mask, so he didn't really get that kind of upgrade. Yeah, uh, he, he did get Shuko. Like he can use Shuko, so it does give him another two armor uh, to use if he needs uh, his his. Uh, the, the the thing is, is his uh, breaking skills is still like it's a very good card. So replacing it with Shugo, you get one yeah. more armor, which is good into like Guardian. So it's a uh, good into the sideboard, but uh, into other matchups, you might just still want to run the skills, right? Yeah, I agree. Um, but <laughs> overall, I think I would keep him at a B. I think right where he is right now is actually pretty reasonable. I don't know. I don't know if you guys agree. Yeah, I think so. I think that Katsu. Like, he has racing chances against all the aggro decks. He's quite explosive. And mm -hmm. um, yeah. the big thing that Double Strike has done has just made him, like, very good at consistently threatening both Mask and Katsu Trigger. Right. Um, yep. Which also means that he can, uh, like, pull off his combo lines very, very consistently compared to before. Like, it's very easy to get the tutor if you Double Strike mm -hmm. into a Surging. And then, like, what are they going to do? Um, mm -hmm. So I've seen, like... Um, like, I know, like, Tao Tao had quite the run in NorCal. He's been topping a bunch of events with Katsu. And I've mm -hmm. seen it doing, like, pretty well. But I agree that he's sort of, like, a little bit vulnerable to the Guardians. Maybe not the fastest aggro deck. Mm -hmm. um, he is mm -hmm. kind of resilient. Like, he's good in, he's surprisingly good in Deluxe with Flick Flax and, like, pretty good block values. He can sort of, like, play a mid-range game, which is something Fi can't do. Like... Mm. Uh, Katsu blocks better and plays on low cards better, yeah. but um, 
I'm not convinced that's what the, the meta is like currently about. Like it feels really about these like hyper aggressive decks and having a way to combat that. And in that field, Katsu's just okay. Right. Yeah. So I think he no, seems I to totally be agree. mediocre on multiple fronts, but doesn't really excel at one specific thing. So exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's just a very flexible hero, which is not really what we're looking for for PT. <laughs> Agreed. Unfortunately. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah. Viscerai. Uh, one day maybe. Viscerai. So Viscerai is that hero that just cut kind of never dies. Yeah, so those rune blades that, no matter like, how many times they try to kill him, he keeps coming back. Well, they hit Skelet a Skeleta, they yep. hit like um a Sonata and Blitz. Sonata they Blitz, hit yeah. um well he LL'd out of Blitz already, didn't he? he oh did, you're I right, mean, you're I right. Think, he yeah, did. he LL'd out of Blitz. <laughs> and then they got the Sonata. He's he's just an overall very um he he's very difficult to deal with partially because he comes with a fridge. He mm -hmm. comes with like a built in fridge. I mean, it's it's lower now without Skeleton, of course. Now he has to run, like, Iron Weave or something like that. Yeah. Um, but he comes with, like, some pretty solid armor and mixed damage, which is just this is a very potent combo, right? And the mixed damage that Viscera is able to put out is just higher than anyone else, right? He gets access to Revel. He gets access to his hero ability, which is extremely powerful. Mordred Tide, very powerful. Mm -hmm. You can come up with, like, 10-plus arcane damage to go with your 10-plus physical damage quite easily. Uh, you got the creepers introduction to just made it just kind of bonkers. Like you're able to creepers, you're able to runes. creepers in things like read the runes. You're able to creepers in revel. You're able to creepers in moth skies to be able to get like multiple action stuff like go again. It's it's yeah. He he's just kind of the hero that <clears throat> always has that very very high damage output but very low disruption on average. Mm -hmm. You can add disruption to him. It's just not always the most synergistic. It just really depends on the build you're trying to go to. But I think that the fact that Viscerai has that option to add things like, you know, Reek and uh, CNCs and uh, either Runic well. Reclamation, things like that. Not really pure <laughs> disruption, but it does it does stuff. It has an on-hit, right? Um, mm. he, he's just so flexible. I and mean, he has that he has that Guardian effect, whereas, you know, Runeblades and Guardians have gotten probably the most support. I don't think anyone could really argue against that. The most support over the sets is just as far as raw power and cards right yeah and viscerai has definitely profited quite a bit for that i think yeah. specifically going into yeah. pt viscerai is prob i would hazard to say the premier aggro deck and the reason i say that is because okay. it was five it was definitely five uh before uh when he had stubbies like it was it was it was five but even with stubbies i think viscerai actually had really good chances into five i think both decks can slam the other off the top eight to twelve cards Right, depending on like how how it kind of sometimes off the top four cards, it really depends, right? But I think even beforehand, it, it that was a thing, and now Stubbies is gone, so you're removing like eight plus damage on an optimal turn, right? You're removing breakpoints, you're removing a lot of on hits that Viscera can now block easily with three if if there's no Artivore <laughs> or Spreading Flames or anything like that. Whereas the Stubbies, you always had it on the field, it was always there to force mm. the breakpoints, it was always there to be able to push that damage. Viscera didn't need that, like Viscera already had strong base level cards. Uh, he has uh, the Moff Skies package with Shrill, very, very efficient. His three-card pitch for Moff Shrill Rosetta is a lot of damage for that many resources. He's just extremely efficient. Whereas, like, he, he's out he's out, out efficienting. <laughs> That's not a word. <laughs> he's just uh, outdoing Bravo, like, which is, which is really strange to see. Because Bravo used to be the pillar of efficiency, right? You do the most of the least. Mm -hmm. And Viscerai is honestly pushing that envelope even mm -hmm. further. So I think... As far as the combined subbies ban, and just the Viscera didn't really get hit other than the Skeleta, so it just keeps going aggro, which is still very good, but he's still able to block because he has a lot of three blocks, which is very nice. Solid armor base. 
Uh, I would put him in S tier. He does some truly mm. disgusting things. I've seen Yuki do some disgusting things. I've seen people yeah. much worse than Yuki do some disgusting things. <laughs> and he's not he's not as easy to, as Phi to push off that kind of combos. Yeah. I think he's easy enough for uh, a player that puts some reps in it and be like, well, this, this hero's broken. I'm playing this to PT. Yeah. And so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put him as our first S tier. I'm <laughs> I, sure Yuki um, has some thoughts about this. Yeah, I'll just want I want to echo one of the points you made that he can do a lot with not that many cards, which is not a common theme you see with aggro decks. Aggro decks love to mm. keep their big four or five Hard card hands because that's when yep. they really shine. Viscerai can do it in both scenarios where even if he ha even if he blocks on his own turn, he can still pump out that ten plus damage on a few cards. So, um, very good point. I think that that is one of his main strengths <laughs> for sure. Yeah, and because of his armor, he's really good at sort of just like value blocking because his bread and butter is like um, like a shrill or spellblade assault with a mob skies off of blue, and then you swing the Rosetta, and that's sort of just like a solid twelve to fifteen damage depending on the hit triggers and the colors and stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, it's just like a really good three card hand. Um, you can also have like a two card hand off of a blue with rattle bones if you have a swarming in your discard. You Rattle Bones is Swarming, play the Swarming yep. for three, then you have two, two, one. So it's like eight damage off of two cards and it's split damage, which is really, really mm -hmm. good. So between that and his fridge, he is often like uh, into decks that have some on hits. Like if it's like Katsu and he's threatening like a Whelming, like you're, you're pretty happy to just put one of your extra, like maybe you have an extra attack in hand you can't really use. You throw mm -hmm. that in grasp, you stop the Whelming, and then you still have your efficient turn coming back. So that's like the flexibility that this enjoys. Um, and like I, I know that we talked about Katsu being flexible and not not being great. I think the difference with Viserai is that he's actually very favored into Prism, and he's arguably the fastest aggro deck, um, mm -hmm. or, or certainly he's not. He doesn't feel slower than anyone else. Like he's just as fast, and um, he's pretty resistant to Guardian even like and fatigue because he does. Like Eric said, his split damage is so extreme, and he does have this like setup potential. Um, mm -hmm. And he can even do some pitch stacking, where he just pitch stacks like non-attack, attack, non-attack, attack, non -attack, attack yep. and just really gets to go off mm -hmm. in the late game or something like old him to kind of push him over the top. So between it all, he's just very solid, very <clears throat> resilient, and very like well-rounded with a lot of upside. Um, he's also yeah. like the best hero at using creepers by far because he does so much arcane and he can often, yep. especially in the aggro matchup, he can use creepers like two or three times. Mm -hmm. And when when you do that, you really like you really feel the power of that equipment. When you get yeah. one 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 activation no block, it's not bad. When you start getting to the two or three, it becomes like it's very very good. Yeah. yeah, and he just has so many zero cost <laughs> non attacks that he can play. Like he's yeah. all the mob, he's got the revel, the mordred, the reed. He, he's, there's a lot of zeros he can play, and he runs a lot of he runs a lot of blues as far as aggro decks goes. That's the other thing, right? It's so yeah. he's able to really take advantage. I think the the only thing that beats Vis is generally either himself. So either either mm -hmm. the player is just not being efficient enough. The Visrek can brick all the rune plays brick. It happens. You draw all your non attacks. You draw all attacks. Without a Moth's guys in hand, your your damage potential could be much much lower. There are like the deck isn't perfect by any means, but the fact that that's the biggest issue is pretty good going into the meta, right? So, mm -hmm. oh mm -hmm. man, Azalea. Oh, yep. <laughs> I hard. wish I wish I could put you higher than D Azalea, but yeah. uh, yeah. we'll start you off at no, B no, no, and no, we'll. No, 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 no. <laughs> You're gonna have to put that a little bit lower. Let's though. just let's start here. Okay. <laughs> Let's go a little bit lower. A little just lower. A little bit. <laughs> You're almost there. You're almost there. It's there we go. Yeah. Unfortunately, I, I I don't know. I just every time I'm just like, 
oh yeah, I get Red of the Ledger, do some things, Memorial Grounds, put it back, hit them with more Red of mm. the Ledgers. What's your win con? Your win con is Memorial Grounds, Red of the Ledger. They're just mm. like, oh, kill me now. It's, it's just yeah. very... She just doesn't have, like... <clears throat> her threat density is very low, right? So it's really a disruption game. Azalea has, like, some good disruptive tools. Uh, Ranger, in general, has good disruptive tools. Yeah. The problem is what they trade for it is consistency, armor, <clears throat> and raw damage, right? It's it's When you're comparing Azalea to Lexi, obviously, you're, you're going to have that issue where Azalea can either, <laughs> quote-unquote, go wide, not really, uh, but mainly going, like, taller, like a big arrow. You want to fire this big-ass arrow, right? Big-ass arrow, BAA. And <laughs> then... Um, you're going to pray to God it hits <laughs> and you're against a deck that can't block, I, I guess, even though like this or I can slam down three, three blocks and block most arrows. Yeah. Um, and when it hits, you're doing some damage to them on their turn, like uh, remorseless or something <clears throat> like that if it hits. Um, but it's, it's just so like the consistency is such an issue that uh, you can get fatigued. Also, you don't have an actual weapon. Uh, Azalea yeah. is just compounding issues uh, that, yeah. that I see and it's also like your ability is just so random. Like you need to, you can't really take advantage of new horizons. You're still using cro uh, what, crossbows, cross wrap, cross whatever. Cross wrap. Yeah. I can't even remember the, the damn legendary. Crossbone, yeah, cross wrap. Cross wrap. <laughs> okay, you you can remember. It. That's that's yeah. okay. You're supposed to, but uh, I just <laughs> I just can't. Yeah. You know, it says something when the legendary is like twenty bucks, right? So it's it's a matter of why would I play Azalea unless I absolutely just like love her backstory or whatever right like so yeah. going into pt is just it's it hard it's hard for me to recommend someone picking up this deck that is very hard to play hmm. like this deck is not easy to play you really need to put in a bunch of reps but then you put in all those reps and you just like lose to like random zoomer zoomer fire or whatever i don't know yuki tell, tell me i'm wrong <laughs> no um okay. no okay. secret azalea's i think inarguably the weakest hero in flesh and blood and has been for a long time I, I think like Red in the Ledger is fantastic, but it, it kind of stops there. Mm -hmm. um, her her game plan of disrupting, like she just does a much worse job of it than Lexi does. Um, mm -hmm. The the on hits outside of Red in the Ledger are just really poor. Like your next most disruptive effect is like, I guess like a sleep dart, which isn't great in the current meta, or like a hamstring right. shot, which taxes one resource and it just doesn't. <laughs> yeah, it just basically doesn't do that much, exactly. It's just. She's just too fair, and she has to go through too many hoops to do. We should rename D. So. We should rename D to too fair or something. Or we should we should yeah, rename just... this to fairness level. Oh my god! Oh, <laughs> Next why, time. Why did we think of that before? Next time. Um. Okay. That, that, <laughs> Sounds that makes good. sense. I think we're just gonna go Enough on to the said. next one. Kano. Yeah, Kano. You know He's what? Seen results. K Kano has been going through. A through C and back up to like it's been hovering between A and C for the longest time, depending on like the pilot, the meta, the secretness level, the spiciness level. Uh, how much can you abuse Aether Wildfire essentially is mm -hmm. where that came into play. I think, of course, Sasha and uh, those guys brought it the last PT mm -hmm. to a uh, pretty great effect. Um, it's a good deck that was very one dimensional, however, nobody expected it to be a thing. People weren't prepping their their null. Oasis Respite wasn't a card. Like it it, it was a different time, right? Yeah. Um now into PT, Oasis Respite, <clears throat> very good card. A lot of decks running Oasis Respite. Uh control decks. Yeah. 
um, hold him, Bravo. The thing with the thing with Oasis, it's also good into Rosetta, so you can run that stuff into Runeblade mm-hmm. if you want. So it makes it makes like anti wizard hate yeah. more widespread, which is really quite bad for Kano because Kano is still an Aether Wildfire deck. Like he he got stripped of mm-hmm. too many things and didn't get enough in return, right? Especially in ignoring Blitz, just in CC, he only got like very kind of middling stuff um what do you get a little alluvian constellus was that the yeah which is only good into the mirror pretty much right yeah it it doesn't it doesn't really help him the wizard cards and uprising don't really like you got like tome of what divinity no duplicity or whatever which Uh, doesn't really make that much sense to play in kano Uh, he he didn't really get that many um things to lead him into saying hey i'm not just a one-trick pony and i think everyone knows that uh, everyone is playing a little bit more Null Rune, and I think the release of Icelander hurts Kano a lot because now there's a wizard that you actually are prepping for. Like, you're actually running Null Rune for Icelander, and it's just like, okay, so these decks are running two or three Null Rune that used to run zero or one, uh, ignoring like Guardian or stuff, right? Yeah. And you're hurting Kano too, right? So it, it's a matter of like, Kano seems to be kind of screwed over by circumstance here. Yeah. And yeah. Icelander is also like, <laughs> all the ice is still pretty good uh locking kano down um being able to like force force the issue and strip cards and i think kano is still fine i think kano like he's good in blitz he's still good in blitz uh i think for cc going at the pro tour meta i'd be very very hard pressed to recommend kano um yeah i put him above reinar in the c tier mm-hmm. i think he's better than i think he's more reasonable to bring than reinar i think he still has some good matchups his explosiveness is still very good uh, and you could you could grab games. It is mixed format, as Yuki mentioned. <laughs> bringing Kano is honestly not a horrible idea in mixed format. I will I would never bring him in CC only. Um, but mixed format, you know what? If you hit the right, if there's still a bunch of aggro running around and they just don't want to run null or that kind of thing, you could still do some like pretty serious damage. Uh, you would just have to pray that they're not like turn one killing your ass because you start yeah. at thirty, right? <laughs> That's, right. That's the issue. Yeah, I, I really didn't like him before the Stubbies ban. I think that even though Phi runs like very little blues and needs his equipment to go off, like he's just so fast. Um, I think that like honestly, there's certain Phi hands that you could probably just like turn zero, see your hand, and that it's good enough, and just go off and and kill Kano or almost kill him on the spot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that was like really bad for him. With the meta maybe slowing slightly, um, I think he's a little bit more reasonable, and it kind of depends like how much people respect him. But I kind of agree. I think Pro Tour in New Jersey might be just like a little bit too fresh in people's minds, and and because of Icelander, in addition to Kano, I think people are going to be packing Nalrune. I also think uh, I haven't tested the matchup a ton, but I imagine that this is pretty darn good into Kano. Like this is very fast and plays a lot of blues and also doesn't really rely on his equipment. Like the only equipment he needs for um, damage is really creepers. So this can pretty happily run like creepers in AB3 and a lot of this is run like 20 plus blues. So it's, it's not unreasonable for this to present like a mob skies turn and still have a blue in hand if Kano wants to go off, which is kind of exactly what Kano doesn't want to see. So. Mm-hmm. It strikes me as a hard matchup, but um, but yeah, yeah, tested it explicitly. Fair enough. That seems reasonable. Uh, okay, we're running on the the dash, the spark of genius dash extraordinaire. The, ma- the mascot, spark uh, of genius. <laughs> the, ma- the mascot 
Dash <laughs> is um, she yeah. she's so tricky because she's her card pool is like you would think it should be more flexible. You know what I mean? Like you would think with the level of cards she's gone in uh, Everfest was the last kind of set where she got some serious tools. Um, and every time I see new dash cards, they look like the most reactive cards I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm thinking like Disillusion Sphere, Signal Jammer. Right. You're, you're looking at cards that it's like, okay, so is she just supposed to be that like heavy, heavy reaction hero where yeah. like not, not, not attack reaction, defense reaction, like, it's a it's not instead of being a proactive hero you're being a reactive hero to a pretty high extreme so i think that dash is definitely a little too fair for this meta yeah i think she can put up results that being said she's not like you can easily top eight an event with her um her strategies are very flexible like she has the ability to go item heavy right so you're running into your 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 bread and butter uh, pistol pistol plan, right? Your purifiers, your chambers, and you're just kind of slogging out all your cards pretty much block for three. It's, yeah. it's pretty great. Uh, you have a pretty solid armor pool. Like you, you have your foundry heart. You have your um, you have your crown of uh, providence. Now you can run. Uh, you can run some iron rots. Your armor pool is not bad. Um, yeah, built-in arcane barrier with, with the Achilles accelerator. Built-in arcane barrier. Yep, that's true. Yeah. Um, I think her issue is that if she's trying to go aggro so like boost heavy builds you're not as you don't put out as much damage this ryan fi like you just don't uh you can kind of get cute with art of wars and stuff like that and try to like go ham with like high octane <clears throat> i think she's still a mid-range deck through and through yeah. i don't think she has enough tools to be an effective aggro deck as much as you want to boost to dream she's still kind of expensive like her cards are still a little bit too expensive on average yeah. uh starting with you know pounder is great however you you can start with your pounder and not have induction chamber seems a little yeah. odd having your two damage weapon right yeah. so it's a thing it's a strategy that people do and you could pump out damage but you have no on hits so you're pumping damage but you're not really stopping <coughs> five from 40 40 40 in you turn mm -hmm. two right it's not nothing is stopping that and i think uh going into pt in a mixed mixed format, you want to try to be favored or 50-50 into a lot of the hyper-aggressive heroes because you're going to be seeing a chunk of them. Whether that's 30% or 50%, I think you want to be favored into at least one of them. I don't think Dash is favored into Viscerai or Phi. Mm -hmm. uh, people are probably like, no way. You just run to Solution Sphere into Viscerai and Viscerai falls over. <clears throat> I think I, I would hazard to say that people bringing Viscerai to PT have probably played a enough viscerai to understand that you can play around the solution sphere as viscerai it's really not like skeleton otk where you're like sitting there and you're just like you know licking your lips swiping your hands up and down <laughs> be like i'm just waiting to like boom you with my 30 rune chance here like this is just like sustain damage yeah. so like okay so you can spark a genius uh out your disillusion or have disillusion or single jammer to stop but at the end of the day you still need to kill them you can't just stop them for doing their plan viscerai is more mm -hmm. than happy to wait and sit there and block and wait until you don't have that item and it's not it's not instant speed you can't like mm -hmm. run that shit out on their turn and just stop their turn like i sunder right yeah so my issue is that i don't think that she's at favor she could probably yeah. get to 50 50 mm -hmm. probably um yeah. but i don't think that's enough I'll, and uh, uh i don't think her yeah. other matchups in general really strike me as being dash as being the optimal pick to bring yeah in. I'll add that uh, what made her really good in previous metas was that she had that flexibility to gain 
boards at advantage and still be a little offensive with high octane uh, when it mattered. Mm-hmm. Um, nowadays, she can't do that well enough into the into the heroes that we see, like Fi and Viserai. She was decent into Chain. Uh, she was able to fatigue Chain in the past, but that's only because Chain mills himself out. For decks now that we see who are uh, almost as aggressive as Chain used to be, um, not mill themselves out, it makes Dash not able to keep blocking at the point where she can tech them out. <laughs> um, their, their damage yeah. is too good and too consistent to make Dash really as, um, I guess, as defensive, as as consistently defensive as she used to be. Yeah, I think she also can't build as defensively as she used to. She's spread a little mm-hmm. bit thin. Like, she needs to have the proactive package to have a good... Like, she does have a solid Prism matchup, but she needs yeah. to have, like, a boost strategy in there to deal with Prism. If you just yeah. try and play items, it's right. not gonna, you're not going to have a good time. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so she can't really, like... Even though she does have this flexibility, like, she can't... It feels like she can't fully lean into, like, the control and fatigue style uh, enough to deal with the aggro decks while also being aggressive enough for, for Prism is kind of, like, what yeah. I would say in a nutshell for her. She's spread a little yeah. too thin. Right. Yeah, you just don't have enough board. Like, you can't run all your spheres and signal jammers, but also have a full boost package mm-hmm. and have the item. It's, it's just it's yeah. just too much. And, like, so, all the D-Reacts and Oasis. And, yeah, you just don't yeah. Um, yeah. I think B is fine. I think actually probably I would put her above Katsu in my view, mm. but mm. I think both of them are kind of neck and neck. I think they're both like equivalent in my view, yeah. uh, but I think she's worse than Dory at the moment going into PT. Yeah, um, I agree. Okay. Here's Prism. Prism. Uh, I like how you just automatically shoved her. <laughs> well, we won't put her in B anymore. Yeah, she, she's going to be at least A, I think, in this discussion. <laughs> okay. So Prism's almost LL'd, but she's definitely going to be played for PT because she's allowed to be. But mm-hmm. this, is, this is a video about PT. So we're going to be talking about Prism. Um, Prism has evolved quite rapidly over the last couple months, right? Like, Prism has started with being the Starvo counter, quote-unquote the Starvo counter, and she's kind of developed into, once Starvo LL'd out, to be a, a lot more aggressive to be able to deal with the Rune Blades. Yeah. And that was kind of the key piece, right? Running things like, um, you know, more of the Red Heralds, yeah. more of the, like, Phantasmoclasm, Fractal Replication, <clears throat> blah, 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 all that kind of thing. And that enabled her to kind of go a little bit more heraldy beat down while also still having that mostly intact aura package, probably not as many Dyriacs, for like the Guardians and uh, the matchups that right. she's historically just been good against, right? The thing with Prism is that at the moment, I think she's 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 no bueno into Viscerai nor Fi. And I think the, the, the problem that I see is that everyone looks at the results um, and just assumes Prism is S-tier. And because she takes down events. Now, Prism has been out long enough to have a dedicated group of players that have played a lot of games into Prisms and know that know their her matchups in and out. They know her deck, they know all the cards, they know how to play every matchup. And I think people on a whole, especially at the lower tier events, tier one, tier two events, still don't really know how to efficiently play into Prism. And I don't know if that's because they don't play Prism themselves, like they don't try out the matchups, which is why I always tell people to try to play as many heroes as you can to understand both understand both sides. But I see this chronic issue of people just punting versus Prism over and over and over again, and Prism taking wins she really shouldn't be taking into unfavored matchups just because she added some random cards. I'm not saying Prism's not strong. I just feel like she is definitely... Um, over not not overrepresented. She's she's not even overhyped. I think she's her results are not representative of her overall power level going into PT. 
Mm. Uh, I say that because this is a very high level event. This is a tier four event. These are some of the best players in the world coming. I am rating this meta chart based on the inherent strength of the matchups, ignoring the mm -hmm. results that are heavily dictated <clears throat> on the player skill. That being said, mm -hmm. I think her matchups into aggro are still unfavored into Phi and Viserai. Uh, just the way she was unfavored into Chain. If Chain played properly and Chain had the right deck and played the matchup again, like Prism can still win that matchup. Um, and I think that based on the meta going into PT, assuming there's going to be at least a third of it being aggro, which I think is conservative. I think, mm -hmm. I think you could ex expect at least 30-35% being on Viserai Phi combined with maybe some Kasu and stuff like that. I don't see her as being well positioned uh, into that field. However, she still has good matchups into other uh, and Briar. I almost forgot about Briar. Yeah, Briar is also an aggro deck that can show up. They can do well into Prism. Yeah. Um, and so, <laughs> I think the people who are going to bring Prism are going to bring Prism because they think nobody knows how to play against Prism and that they don't really want to bother with another hero. Um, that they might not be able to play as well, and it's mixed format, so they they can take losses here and there, right? I think mm -hmm. her matchups haven't really changed. Uh, I'm gonna put her at A tier. I'm not. I'm not bringing her to S tier. I'm gonna get flamed probably. Go maybe Yuki wants maybe. to bring her to S tier, but I'm keeping her at A tier. <coughs> I think she's still favored into Guardian. She's still favored into Dory. She still is the gatekeeper for a lot of decks. But I think Katsu can beat her. I think Dash can beat her. I think Reinhardt could beat her. Like I think there are yeah. a bunch of random decks that can beat her. <laughs> and I don't think she's favored into Briar, Viscera, or Fi. So I mm -hmm. I'll put her at A. Just because of the innate, like the the her innate power is still pretty good. The deck is good, uh, very flexible, very good options for control and some good options for aggro. Mm -hmm. But uh, going into the PT meta, that's kind of where I see her. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that she's struggles into aggro. There's always sort of this like paradox with Prism where a lot of like um, high end players will say that she's not very good, and then she kind of overperforms that. And I think it's because of what Eric said, like there's just so much equity in people making mistakes in, yeah. in misevaluating like auras and when to attack them or when to ignore them. Like sometimes it's That's, right to do it's either. It's so big, so big. Yeah, it, it's actually massive. And there's a lot of players, there's actually just a lot of players that aren't that good against Prism. Um, and I suspect even at the Pro Tour, there will be some players who aren't super comfortable in the Prism matchup and will make mistakes or, mm -hmm. or just you're playing seven rounds of Swiss. It's a high stakes event. There's pressure. Maybe you're in the future match and maybe you just misplay, mm -hmm. right? Like, and, and Prism more than any hero can really just run away with the game. If there's even like one, like you give her an inch and she takes a mile. As soon as you fall behind on the auras, she just completely like kind of temples you out or values you. You can't keep up. You just get completely run over and it's, mm -hmm. it's really rough. And I, and I think that there's like something to be said for that. She also just has the innate ability to high roll either through just like, she can go first. And even though her Viscerai matchup is bad, if she goes like <laughs> haze bending parable, haze bending parable, haze bending parable, <laughs> three turns in a row, like you're going to have a bad time, you know? Yeah. Um, that doesn't happen very often, but like she can do it that. Does happen though. Um, <laughs> and she also has like the fractal build, so she can go like erudition, fractal, fractal, mm -hmm. and and so the fact that she just like has these outs in, into her bad matchups, whether it's opponents just making little mistakes uh, for whatever reason, or just running hot, um, yep. I think makes her like a pretty solid deck. And I wouldn't be shocked to see her make top eight even like one copy. <clears throat> oh yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I wouldn't but... surprise me at all. 
I think she needs to get quite lucky to win the event because I think that when you get to the very top tables, the very seasoned aggro players are going to know that matchup and it gets very ugly for Prism mm -hmm. if a player really, really understands it and plays it kind of very mm -hmm. cleanly. So Yeah. No, that's definitely mm -hmm. uh that's definitely a, a nice a nice summary. It's it's really just players playing as prism it's it's snatching defeat from the jaws of victory really <laughs> is 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 the term for like aggro players making mistakes in the prism and yeah. it's gonna happen i've seen it happen with my very own eyes next to me and around um but for all those reasons she's still an a tier hero so bolton okay bolton. sir bolton the breaker of dawn <clears throat> I think the Breaker of Dawn, honestly. I, I could be wrong. Sorry, Bolton. Sorry, five Bolton players who might be watching. Uh, <laughs> so Bolton is... Bolton won a whole lot of one roads. I think... Jo I think uh, What's the guy from the card name? The card guys. Josh, I think? Mm. Um, I think it was Josh, I think, yeah. I think he won a Bolton, and he's like the Bolton cheerleader, right? And I think, other than him, nobody else should be bringing Bolton to a PT. <laughs> and even, I don't even think he would bring Bolton to a PT. I think he, might, he was just going to bring Dory, honestly. So... <laughs> That, that being yeah. said, I think Bolton is just like... Raiden and Bolton, I haven't seen in the <laughs> longest time. Uh, it's just been Saber Bolton or Bust, right? Mm -hmm. and I think Saber Bolton uh, is the same deck as before. Uprising hasn't changed that. Where you just sit there and you get Soul and you get Lumina and you swing, swing better, better. One, one two, and hope that you can just burst them out, right? Yeah. This deck is very susceptible to disruption. So... Yeah. Like a well-timed CNC with a pummel or something like that, or just a CNC in general, could just like break Bolton's entire plan, right? Uh, especially when you're trying to uh, run it at such like a such a tuned kind of combo, because you really do need a bunch of things to go right mm -hmm. uh, for Bolton to get the combo off. That being said, it's not a, it's not a horrible deck. Uh, I have seen it. I, I see it win games. Uh, I see it overperform probably that in, in matches that shouldn't win the other player just doesn't really know what bolton is like what bolton needs to pull off the combo and then before they know it bolton pulls off the combo right mm -hmm. um that being said uh i think you blink and then Phi just kills you or or mm -hmm. viscera kills you or or whatever i don't <laughs> think bolton is um the armor is nice and there are a lot of d reacts such as like soul shield and such that bolton has access to that are very very good However, I don't think Bolton has any disruption for that matter, uh, mm. nor nor enough defensive tools to be able to stem the new aggro decks uh, from just killing them before they get even close. I don't think it was a very good matchup into Bravo. Uh, I I think mm -hmm. I would laugh my ass off when Prism Arc lights that, and there's no way to get around I was it. Was going to mention Arc Light, yeah, and yeah. you know, which you could happen. You never know. Um, and I think overall Bolton is not in a great spot. He needs some help. Um, mm -hmm. And I think C is fine. I think maybe above Kano. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think like while well, he was sort of fringe playable in the last Starvo meta, mm -hmm. um, yeah. you have to keep in mind that like even though Chain is like sort of an aggro deck, it's kind of slow to start, so you have time to get cards into Soul. Um, and like because charging is always at least two cards, you need to attack with a card and then charge with another card. Mm -hmm. But if you're doing that against Fire this, they're just so fast that by the time you like have your three or four cards in Soul, like you might just be too far behind already, and you might not mm -hmm. be able to afford to take damage to combo, mm -hmm. um, which I think is really hard for him. So so yeah, I just think he's like not really where you want to be right now. 
Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Levia. Okay, Levia. The Shadow something abomination? Shadowborn uh, abomination. Shadowborn abomination. Thank you, Levia player. All right. <laughs> so Levia, as Rob kind of alluded to, has that ability to go a little bit better on control. She has Husk. She has a lot more armor. Uh, and she has some of the most efficient turns I've seen in, a, in Flesh and Blood, right? She just has that ability to go very tall for very nothing. You know, it's it's kind of really random when you see those turns and then you realize that's Levia's game plan. Right? Mm -hmm. So she has uh, she can go claws. I don't think those are the I don't know if those have been the most successful builds. I know uh, 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 Ethan, mm -hmm. uh, like the, Le the the perennial Levia player uh, has put up some results on Levia. She has yeah. been doing some work. I don't know if he's I don't know if his claws has been on claws or it was on club mm. build, but um, yeah, I'm not sure. I know he's been uh, touting a club build for a while. Uh, but he might have yeah. gone back to claws, but I'm not really sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like she has the options for both, which in and of itself is still pretty impressive for a brute, right? Mm -hmm. um, that she's able to do a lot with both. I think her, in my in my view, her issue is the same as chain, right? She she kills herself. Uh, it happens more than you think, right? Uh, uh, you have to be. Yeah, what's up? It does depend on the build. There are like no blood debt builds mm, that do not yes. kill themselves, and I think that those <laughs> yeah. have largely been the more successful ones. So yeah, the more the more brute builds, the yeah. more the the less like shadow Reinhardt more brute. almost. Like, yeah, Reinhardt you're, you're, with husk and shadow puppet three. That, <laughs> right. That's, that's yeah. literally that, right? And so I think that you know, especially when you're going claws, you still have access to blood rush bellows. You still have access to like these high powerful combo turns. But then you get some more armor with that, right? You got a little bit of armor on the side here. Uh, you don't get to intimidate, which is a little bit sad, right? So, I yeah, think but in, in an aggro the, meta, that's worth nothing. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, uh, it's very, it's very true. However, I think, yeah. So I, I think into aggro, I think Levia, I think she can do well. I think it's closer than people think. Mm -hmm. uh, I also think that a lot of players have never tested into Levia in their life, and that's that surprise factor is definitely going to gonna be a thing. Yeah. yeah, like the Levia player is definitely played into the Phi. The Phi player has probably never seen a Levia, right? You, you don't know for sure, but there's a good chance. Surprise is a big factor here, especially at these PT events. You can grab a lot of games. I know I know. when I was playing, uh, I'm sure Yuki got this too, when uh, you're playing Lexi at the PT in Jersey. I had a bunch of players be like, didn't practice once into Lexi, or like, I've never seen this anything close to this build before. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's yeah. a bit of a unique build. However, the hero itself, people that just haven't played into Lexi, that's a surprise factor, right? Right. I think Levy has a similar kind of uh, <clears throat> aura to her. Advantage. No, not literally, obviously. <laughs> um, and she's able to kind of take people by surprise. Her damage output is scary high. I played mm -hmm. against uh, uh, Fresh and Buds. I think that's his channel name. I think uh, Tommy <laughs> yeah. Fresh, right? I mm -hmm. played against his Levia uh, uh, in the Battle Hardens in Vegas, I think, uh, round one. Uh, it was very, very close. That It was a surprising about... I was scared shitless playing against him mm -hmm. uh, as Levia, right? And that's supposed to be like a pretty decent matchup for me. Uh, but Levia was like... He was really able to go super efficient, and uh, he was running the Blood Death build, right? So he, he eventually right. did end up killing himself, but I was almost dead too, right? So I think she has that kind of... Uh, ability yeah. to switch on and off yeah but... and it's nice that her defensive um like just defending rewards her because you fill the grave right mm -hmm. so you have that that kind of duality where you can block a lot and then after if you want to be explosive you can be or just go through two card hands and still be pretty consistently 
um, yeah. strong, frankly. So she has a nice yeah. recursion package too with uh, Ghostly Visit. That's true. Uh, and um, Howl, Howl from Beyond, I think. Yeah, Howl from Beyond. So she's also able to get a little bit of that going on if she wants to like stack stack a delayed game. It's uh, of course it's Blood Dead, right? But still, yeah, I think. I think B is fine. Yeah, I think she'll be uh, a bit higher, maybe. Um, maybe above maybe, Dash. Yeah, below Dory, I would say, maybe. Ooh, I think really? Next to Dory? No? I'm at, I, I think I think she's below Dash and Katsu for me, for sure. Mm. Um, Dash okay. and Katsu okay. have put up quite a few results, and Levia's still been somewhat limited. Like, I think she's right. solid, and she can do a lot of things pretty well. Mm. But the issue I have with Levia <laughs> is that... Like, while Brutes do okay into Prism, like, a lot of it is predicated on rolling into scabs, which is yeah. pretty pretty random. Like, like you can play, like, a patient game, but you and you have poppers, which is great, but you still, like, when you fall behind, you mostly rely on scabs, which is not super reliable. <laughs> um, I've seen it go well, and I've seen it go poorly. And then I think, like, honestly, I I'm not sure about the Fi matchup, but, like, Viscerai seems like a problem to me. Like, I haven't tested that matchup a bunch, but Viscerai just seems far too efficient um, mm -hmm. for for Levia, for Levia to really deal with properly. Um, like, since you do want to play this kind of long and drawn out game, you're just giving Viscerai more time to set up and find his Mordred Rebels and find his like truly disgusting like 25, 30 mm -hmm. damage turns. And I mm -hmm. think that's not where you want to be. Like if I'm, if I'm, if I'm on Viscerai and I sit down against a Levia, I'm probably pretty happy, honestly, so. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. That's fair. Well, if, Yuki, if Yuki's happy, it's going down on the list here. So here let's let's leave Levia okay. over there. Old okay. him, Old the him. grandfather of eternity, and for the longest time, for an eternity, one might say, <laughs> this this hero this hero bored me to death. Um, not because of the play style or the card style, the, the cards themselves, but the man's ability is a defense reaction, and it just <laughs> to me screams. Take me to fifty. <laughs> yeah. Just like, please God, don't time. <laughs> um, and and you know what? We actually saw old him was the finalist. Was the other finalist with Kale in the Battle Hard in Auckland? Like the old him was uh, second place. Obviously, can't be that bad of a deck. It is putting up some results. Put up some results in roads, of course. Um, old him has that ability of being less disruptive than. Bravo as far as a raw power perspective. Um, however, a lot more flexible in that you get the element cards to go with it, right? So you're able to kind of shift your builds depending on what your end game is, adding a little bit more ice, some element cards, adding some like stronger, heavier guardian attacks. Uh, and that flexibility is quite nice. He has the shield. Uh, he has uh, a good armor suite. He still, Crown of Seeds is not banned in CC. It was It's only banned in Blitz. So he still has Crown of Seeds. He has his autumn's touchback, like he's still a good. Like obviously, he he came about as being more of a a, okay. a counter to chain, right? Uh, or most chains, maybe like very seasoned chains were still able to punch through. But he 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 was very very good in that, and that's what he was known for. I think he is still extremely horrid into prism. I think it's an auto loss. <laughs> I think that he's not amazing into dromai. Like I don't think he's just very good into illusionist period. However, maybe Dromai is obviously a bit better because the auras are not a thing, but I still don't like him to Dromai. Uh, I think he is... I, I think he might switch builds going into PT uh, to definitely heavy, heavy, be a heavier counter into like more aggro builds. Of course, the one that won finals had to... Uh, sorry, the one that was the finalist in uh, mm -hmm. Auckland 
had to wade through a lot of fives. Uh, had to wade through like a fair amount of aggro to get there. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, there are decks that can do it. Uh, the D-React to put a card on top on five is very, very good. Yeah. Especially if five is relying on that card to either pitch, uh, relying on that card to like your... Uh, Maybe your opener, like you're arsenaling that that red opener that you want to start with next turn, kind of thing. Uh, being able to put that on top is very strong. I think that overall, Oldham is still a relatively strong hero, and if piloted correctly, can like do some damage at PT. Uh, I think I'm not sure if I'm shoving him in A or high B. Mm -hmm. I think low A is actually. <laughs> You know what? If like he didn't auto lose versus Prism, I think I'd be okay with A. But putting him in the same tier as Prism, mm -hmm. I know Bravo is there too. But Bravo has, in my mind, better matchups overall, uh, mm -hmm. which is That's why fair. I'm okay with him at A. I think I'm putting Oldham at high B. High B. I don't know if you, maybe Yuki disagrees with me. I just I just struggled to put him in the same tier as Prism and Bravo. Yeah, I think he's a little bit. <clears throat> he's a little bit. Yeah, it's sort of weird. I think he's probably a little bit better than Dory, but definitely worse than Prism and Bravo. I think. Like, his biggest strength is being defensive. And yeah. in this metagame, I think that this and Phi, if they are built and the pilots are, like, built correctly and the pilots are prepared for it, fatigue is is very difficult. Those decks mm -hmm. just grind out so much value and do, like, big turns pretty consistently. And that's what Holden doesn't want to see. Mm -hmm. um, and then you can kind of go into, like, more of a tempo build. Um, yeah. But... Like, Bravo just feels like the better choice for this meta to me. Um, that being said, like, yeah, the, the Oldham player did make it to, um, yeah. the, finals. Uh, to finals. the finals of Battleheart. Yeah. And so, like, there, there's probably something there. But, yeah, yeah I, I think I think I would rather, if I was going to play a Guardian, I, I think that Bravo yeah. would be the choice. I think it just seems yeah. a little bit more like what you want to be doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and for for context, he was running uh, like double red crush the week, e strikes, mm -hmm. uh, zealous belting. So he was going like yeah. the aggressive uh, package, a, diff a different kind of. He he was going more Bravo, like he was building towards more Bravo <laughs> with some elements essentially, right? Which mm -hmm. makes a whole lot of sense given what he thought uh, there was going to be in the meta. But yeah, that being said, okay, let's roll on to Briar, the forgotten. Is she the Forgotten Runeblade? I think people still know she exists, but like I think she's been left. I know in you forgot about bit, her. <laughs> uh, yeah, by Zeraya uh, and and Shane beforehand, right? Beforehand, Shane was the premier, and I think Briar is always being like, "Oh, Briar's really strong." Week one, and then <laughs> week two onwards, someone breaks something else, and then Briar's kind of forgotten a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Briar put on a lot of good week one results, and then people started understanding what Fi can do, and then <laughs> Fi started. Uh, Fi and Viscerai, for that matter, just started like wiping the floor with Briar. I think that matchup is not very good with Briar. Uh, for Briar, I think the fact that Briar relies on Channel Mount at the moment is very, very bad. There are three cards in the deck out of 60 that you need to grab to actually be able to mm. match output That's off true. like good Fi and Viscerai turns, where Fi can essentially grab it off very little and Viscerai can just like <clears throat> pound through and has a bunch of armor to block. Um, <clears throat> so I don't like those matchups. I think Briar is good into Prism. I think she she can be good into like the other historically good matchups for Briar. Um, mixed damage is good. Rosetta is good. Mm -hmm. All all the things that, that hasn't changed, right? Like the she still has access things. to the best weapon in the game. Yeah. Um, I uh, uh, is pretty good, but I think Rosetta is just very very uh, strong. The mixed damage. Uh, she still has the perennial good aggro matchups. I think she's good into everything in C. She's good into, uh, I would say, everything in B. I think she's. I think she's favorite. I, I don't know about old him as much anymore. Yeah. But I think everything else, she's still pretty favored. Uh, she has very good block for a rune blade, 
She is prone to bricking. I have seen Briar. I've seen Rob brick on Briar a whole lot. Mm -hmm. I've seen other players brick on Briar. I've seen Sonata misses. I've seen a whole lot of bad things Sonata happening misses. that you don't see as much with the other Premier. Too close to, yeah. <laughs> too close too to close my heart. To yeah. <laughs> um, and I think consistency is a thing. Um, yep. I think her going into PT, I think she's a fine choice. I think if you want to bring Briar, bring this. Honestly, like I, I think... I don't see a lot of upside to Briar versus the other heroes available as far as aggro goes. However, I do know a lot of people like Briar and will probably bring in, bring in some spicy tech. She does have <clears throat> elements on her side. Like there could right. be some kind of like more hybrid build that does like do things a little faster maybe. But as far as like the channel mount build I've been seeing, I think it's still a little bit like if you don't draw your channel mounts within a turn or two, you just die. Uh, and even then you still might die. <laughs> um so that's kind of i think i put her bottom of a i think that's yeah. okay i think the bottom of a is fine yeah i think bottom of a is fine for all the reasons that you said um she's kind of in the same spot as last meta for me honestly mm -hmm. where like you can bring her to an event it's not embarrassing <laughs> she can top eight she can win <laughs> they won't like, laugh she, she's like a fine choice like there's nothing wrong no, no one's with gonna, her. No gonna laugh at you <laughs> yeah but I also just don't think that she's like. <clears throat> I, I don't see. I don't really see the argument for Briar over Viserai or Vi? Question mark. Mm -hmm. um, certainly, I didn't before before the Stubby's ban. Um, right. Perhaps now. I don't know exactly like where that matchup falls and exactly what Vi is going to evolve into. So there's like a little bit of a question mark there, and that might make Briar like a little bit relatively more attractive yep. but um overall yeah i think Viscerai does a lot of the things that briar is trying to do and is just like a little bit more consistent because you don't revolve around the the channel mount mm -hmm. and and briar does have that like super high roll potential but it's <laughs> honestly like the the channel mount force of nature multiple go again attack turns are kind of uh, you don't see them very often they you happen you, they're pretty yeah rare. they happen but they also don't usually happen in one turn like usually you yeah. get part of it and you get one attack and then you're waiting for the second one and then you just exactly. have to be forced to block kind of thing but uh she also doesn't have a good matchup to bravo i think bravo like shits on her in my opinion i think it's uh, maybe not amazingly favored but i think it is favored uh we yeah. i think it's it's just, disruption just hurts her so much right yeah just, the, if you can time disruption frail. with the channel the, the big thing is because you're so reliant on channel mount and it's like a permanent that goes away yeah that if you can just if you're able to time that disruption and line it up with the channel mount it just completely hoses hoses her turn right. whereas yep. like if viscerai sets up like a mordred or a revel in arsenal even mm -hmm. and maybe has like the other piece in hand and you're like dominate spinaling, you can block with a card and hold on to those cards and just wait until you don't have it. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But Briar doesn't really get that luxury because you have to like play out the channel and then out. like <laughs> redraw and have a five card hit <clears throat> the channel and not get disrupted. So it's right. like a little bit, there's more, it's easier to interact with, I guess, because it's on the field and it goes away. That makes sense. Right. Uh, Lexi. Okay. All right, this is Let's this see. is why Yuki's here. Here. here we go. She wants to tell everyone how whoa, 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 whoa,
she might be a little bit more interesting now with um, Phi becoming a little bit slower. I think that the mm. Phi combo matchup was actually scarier for Lexi than people people thought. Um, while it is true that Lexi, like on paper, should be very good against Phi, when he was that explosive, it just means that like one miss and Lexi just has to block, especially because she doesn't have armor, and that's really bad for her. Right. Um, now that Phi is slowed down, I'm actually a little bit more interested in her. If you can get the Viscerai Briar and Phi matchups good, the Phi the matchup should definitely be good now. The Fair or Phi builds, she's very good into, I know that for sure. But if you can get the Viscerai and Briar matchup, there, there's reason to bring her. But I do think that you're stretched a little bit thin because you have to contend with um, Prism and you also have to contend with Bravo. And I think that overall... Like, that's sort of similar to last meta. You had Chain, Prism, and Starvo. But I mm -hmm. th think the difference for me here is that Viscerai is a little bit... I think it's a little bit harder to target for for Lexi than, yeah. than Chain was. Like, against yeah. Chain, you have, like, Sleep Dart, which was just, like, such a killer. But you... Sleep Dart's not that good against Vis. It's okay. Like, there's, there's not really, like, a card that just hoses right. Vis in the same way. And and so well, I think he can bring her, and I think she's a solid choice. Um, she has a bit of a hard time, and and the other hero that we haven't talked about is like Dromai is quite hard for mm -hmm. her. She's coming up next, but Dromai is like a tough matchup for Lexi. And while I don't expect that everywhere, I think you will see some. <clears throat> um, Icelander is like close, but definitely not free. I think um, Ultim. I actually think that like the fatigue old him from from last from like older metas was pretty good for Lexi mm -hmm. if you're on like a Rain Razor's Hard War deck. But if mm -hmm. he's trending more disruptive, which he seems to be, that's actually yeah. really bad for Lexi. Like Endless Winter is a hell of a card against mm. Lexi, and if, if yes. they're running stuff like that, it's just you're you're going to be miserable. So overall, like I could see bringing her, and I can see an argument for bringing her, but I. I honestly don't know that she's the best choice right now, um, just because the meta is like a little bit wider. Uh, even like Dory, Dory's not a great matchup for Lexi. So much armor, Dawnblade's hard to race. If she gets like one glistening turn and then starts attacking you for seven, it's like a really big problem. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, I think she's like, for me, like probably B tier, like similar to Oldham. Mm -hmm. um, I mm -hmm. think you can bring her. I think if you maybe like if you really expect a lot of aggro and you've got some good pairings you could have good results with her but i, I don't think she's the deck that, right now she's not unfortunately the deck that i'm looking to bring to pt hmm. yeah i mean i don't have too much to add here i think the one issue i see with lexi is um <clears throat> not enough not enough slots in your 80 to deal with everything yeah, um, and the other issue that yuki mentioned is that like it's not Chain and Starvo were a lot easier to, to hurt uh, because, you know, there's a lot of arrows, relatively speaking. Uh, and generally, there are some that are that were more niche, but they came into pro prominence, uh, like Sleep Dart and such. But I think, as Yuki kind of alluded to, it's just like, there's there's the field is a little bit too wide, which is a good thing. Like, there's a lot of things people can bring. It's not as narrow as, like, Healthy chain meta, only, I guess. only, yeah. Starvo only, or whatever, or star, star, Starvo chain only. I think this PT is going to be a little bit wider, and it's just harder to bring everything for everyone, right? So I think, yeah, B, yeah. That, like, that spot of B looks pretty good. But uh, moving into Fair our enough. Uprising Heroes, I guess, Dromai. Sorry, sorry, oh, sorry. Before, before we leave Keep Lexi, going. 
don't, don't leave me, Lexi. Yeah, I guess I, I will say that, like, as much as I'm saying that I don't know if she's the best choice, I think a lot of those matchups are okay. Like, I think she has a lot of okay matchups, and she's, like, she's a hero where I think if you build her, um, like, similar to the PT deck, where you're kind of equipped for a lot of things, I think that you can beat most matchups. Like, you have game into them. It's just, it feels like you have to work a little bit harder than if you're, say, like, Viscerai. Like, your overall spread. Like, you might have, like, quite a few, like, 40-60s kind of things where... Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can get her. She's not embarrassing. She can she can get wins, but just like your good matchups aren't quite good enough to offset how many of the like slightly unfavored matchups you have. So so mm -hmm. she's not like I don't want to say that she's bad. I just think she's not the strongest pick. Confirms not bad. Hashtag not bad. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not embarrassing. Hashtag not embarrassing. Okay. I think uh, Droma is Droma. very okay. As yeah. Oliver would say. I as guess. Oliver would say. And yeah. I'm running out of space you know, on the B two. <laughs> She's D tier for Droma. 100% D tier. We'll start so, there and we'll make an argument to bring her up. <laughs> so Droma is one of those decks that uh, did put up results. Like, she did she did have some fairly good results. She definitely wasn't like... And I think Droma is, because she's obviously a new hero, uh, she will get better with age. Mm -hmm. As people figure out the more optimal lines, the more optimal builds, how to play her, how to play against her. I think she's still in that phase. She's still very much in that phase. I think from what I've seen from Droma, she definitely has some matchups that uh, are either very good or very bad. I know mm -hmm. she's a very, in my view, kind of a bit of a polarizing hero uh, in that respect. Mm -hmm. And she has some very neat tricks with uh, more aggressive builds. I know in Battleheart in Auckland, there was a very aggressive build uh, with like Snatch and Scar for a Scar. And uh, I think I saw it in Decale. Mm -hmm. And it was a very red line kind of draw my deck which is very interesting billowing raw sweeping blows and then i've seen like the more control oriented builds and like what uh oliver from ok to y has been posting like his kind of builds definitely different different kind of results into different matchups and i think she has that ability to kind of go uh very flexible right depending on what she's trying to do i think her her guardian matchup is just bad overall i think there's there's um Guardian, I think, can lose. Dromai can beat Guardian. It is a thing. It does happen. I think overall, it's just an unfavored matchup. Uh, and so if there's a bunch of Bravo and Oldham running around, I don't think it's going to be great. Uh, yeah, into... I think particularly Bravo. Um, yeah. Oldham Bravo is... seems real bad. Yeah, Oldham is, depending on the build, can be quite a bit better because he the, tends to the... not run as many poppers. But The, um... the Oldham that's pretending yeah. to be Bravo. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that one might be rough still. It, it really kind of comes down to the that density of poppers. If they have a lot, it's it's hard to get stuff started as Droma. Like you do have tools, but it's it's not mm -hmm. easy. Yeah, of course you can overwhelm old him with dragons. It is a thing. Um, mm -hmm. um, but I think that Droma does have like some good build, um, some good matchups if you can like either get board state and keep it. Question mark. The issue is. There's a lot of heroes, even like a Dorinthia, right? Um, or uh, a deck that can go with a lot of on hits like Ninja, you know? Katsu, five decks that, you know, de yeah, decks that like three <laughs> on hits, massive yeah. momentum, things like that, right? Uh, it's It gives you free on hit targets, which is very scary, and it can. Uh, <laughs> It can, again, the illusionist, you can snatch defeat from the jaws of victory, right? So it, it's a matter of, like, you could be doing super well, and they can turn on their turn that was really bad, 
by hitting your dragon and getting that on hit, right? So I think that's a little bit scary with Jeromai. I think overall she is... I think I'm going to shove her in B tier, unless mm -hmm. Yuki disagrees here. Rob, you disagree, no. but I, I, I think Thoughts. her results yeah. have been fine, but I think you need yeah. a very good pilot with uh, Gem to bless you a little bit mm -hmm. uh, and things to go right. Okay. Yeah, the she's very vulnerable to poppers, and it's a really big problem. Um, yep. Unlike Prism, where when you get the Aura Snowball, it's just there's not really... Like, at a certain point, it doesn't matter what hero you're playing. There's not much you can do. With mm -hmm. Dromai, like... No matter how far behind you are, if <clears throat> if you just like have a popper and can attack her three turns in a row, or like attack her dragon three turns in a row, you might just catch right back up, even though you're like on the back foot. So that mm. aspect of Droma is like a little bit tough. And I think like even Viserai has a very good Droma matchup because he can like naturally run some poppers with Amplify, and it's like pretty easy to fit in some Runic or CNC or something. Um, and then like the free Mavskies triggers are pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, like I've definitely killed right. killed a Chromai with a red Mavskies on a drawn, and it's like, well, the drawn replaces itself, and then I still get three rune chants from the red Mavskies. So Talk like about I, value. Yeah, like oh. I didn't waste anything. Like it's mm. crazy, right? It's just really hard for her to deal with that. Like this, I can kind of just I'll deal twelve arcane to you and kill three dragons. Like okay. it's just it's it's rough. Um, right. So so yeah, I I think she has some problems, but I do think that she's particularly like. She has a lot of options in how you build her, like Eric said, and I don't think she's solved at all. And I think that, kind of similar to Prism, um, she's one of the harder decks to build and play because, like, your hands are, like, typically, like, all red and all playable, much in the way, right. like, Prism's, like, all yellow and all playable cards. So deciding, like, what you're supposed to be doing at any point in the game is is really difficult. And And for that reason, I think, like, if somebody really cracks the code on Dromai and figures something out, I wouldn't be shocked to see like this like kind of new Dromai deck that that does really well. But from what I've seen from existing builds, it's hard. There's quite a few problems, and it's hard for me to put her higher than B. So I think she has potential, but I'm not convinced the tools are all there just yet. But but also, who yeah. knows? She's she's tricky. Everyone in B right. has uh, uh, potential. I guess that's just going to be like, B is the potential <laughs> tier, A is the awesome tier, S is the stop, please, I'm already dead tier. So we'll, uh, we're just going to put Phi in S. Now you can you could just put him in S. Um, is he? Well, is he we're going to start, we're going to start, right? So <laughs> Phi was obviously S before Stubbies. I yes. think anyone, anyone who argued against this was objectively incorrect. <laughs> and they might have be like, Oh yeah, I'm crushing five my local testing group of three people that haven't played Fab a lot. But that's that's cool. That's cool. But like results wise, you can't really argue with it. Like Fi is everywhere all the time. Mm -hmm. Even look at the Valhar and Auckland with like six Fies in top eight or something. They didn't win and did get to finals, but it was in uh it was pretty much most of top eight. And Fi is being like running around RTN just crushing everything, right? Yeah. And this is because of a couple things. As Yuki mentioned, the combo zoomer build, where you just zoom, 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 uh, wreck everyone in like two turns, do 30, 40 damage really easily with uh, stubbies, art of war, spreadings, uh, all kinds of power ups. And then you're just using your Phoenix Flames to go stupidly wide and get those Mask of the Pouncing Links, grab a Salt the Wound, go again, grab another Salt the Wound, come in for 24 off your Salt the Wounds or whatever. Anyways, um, 
it just did a lot of damage, right? And the thing is that if someone misses, they die. Now, there were there are decks that can do stuff about this. Like Bravo can't. Bravo is favored into Fi uh, on the right, like the right level of aggressiveness. Uh, can do well into Fi. I Viserai can also do well into Fi. Still does well into Fi. Um, definitely not as unbeatable, like the unbeatable aura compared to like Monarch Chain, right? Uh, um, it definitely not close to that level. But I think that. The stubbies leads to the question, and if pe people will literally be testing for the next three weeks, of course, LSS loves that curveball, right? As soon as, as soon as possible here, um, is Phi still like top of the aggro food chain? I think uh, before stubbies, I would I would have put Phi as the best deck or the deck to beat above Viscerai, and my difference now is without as much testing, I'm still shoving him in S but below Viscerai, right? I think Viscerai is, in my mind, the premier aggro uh, deck uh, because Stubbies really did push you above, right? Especially when you're pushing five, six, seven attacks, right. which wasn't very hard with Phoenix Flames, right? Um, you lose five to 10 damage, reasonably speaking, right? And I think that <laughs> that NCC could be 25% of your health, right? So I think he's very strong. I think the lowest I would ever put him is top of A, but I think he gets obviously he gets worse into decks that uh, needed one more turn. Like if Bravo whiffed one turn, he, he probably wasn't. He probably was not necessarily going to lose. Uh, whiff two turns is probably dead, right? But it, it gives decks one to two more turns off that combo that mm. they might not be dead, right? And I think that will bring in a little bit more counterplay. Even decks like Lexi and things like that, where you know, as as Yuki kind of mentioned, on paper should crush it, right? But now maybe that's more true, right? So yeah, I, think I think that, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, more testing will kind of determine whether Phi is top, Phi is A tier or just low S tier. At the moment, I'm shoving him in low S tier. I But I, I would also agree to shoving him in A tier. Yeah, I have a lot of question marks about Phi. It wouldn't shock me if he's... I could see him being S tier. I think he is likely A tier or maybe even B tier though. Ooh. Um, He's got so, potential. Yeah. So so what <laughs> I'll say about Phi is that I think your prism matchup is still just as good, maybe even better, because you don't have the combo plan. Um, you're just kind of like leaning into like probably more of a Nazca momentum <clears throat> style game plan where you're just like playing a little bit of a longer game. And that's what yeah. you did against Prism anyways, for the most part. Uh, you could try to stubbies her and you can get lucky, but getting blown out by ALS is pretty bad. Yeah. But I think, as you mentioned, the disruptive matchup, so Bravo, Oldham, and Lexi, which I do think you're going to see, go from like maybe at like a 20-30% out uh, in those matchups to almost nothing. Um, because you don't have that burst potential where if they miss, you just take over the game. You can no longer do that reliably. And I don't know, and this is sort of my big question mark, is how does she do into Briar and Viss now? I think that Viss was, as Eric said, already close, maybe slightly unfavored, but without oh. stubbies and without the explosiveness and with the way that Viss likes to just like value block, I, I think that Phi might actually have trouble. And and similar thing with Briar, even though I think Phi was super favored into Briar and consistently much faster. Um, like one of the things that we talked about in, in testing is that like the difference between Phi and Briar is that in a lot of ways their deck's doing the same thing, but Phi just gets 
like Stubby's was almost like his CMH, but he starts with it in play and doesn't take a card, mm-hmm. right? Um, but without that, I I don't know. Like, I could see him being faster than Briar, but I could also see him just being a little bit slower on average. Um, Briar's pretty good at throwing out like a one card block to stop mask and mm-hmm. like maybe leveraging a little bit of equipment to deny mask triggers and just playing like a value game. Like that is in Briar's wheelhouse. And so while I could see Fi still being like a premier aggro deck and, and better than Briar, I could also see it not being the case. So it kind of depends mm-hmm. for me like what decks evolve <clears throat> into. And I think that that needs some some exploration. So I think anywhere okay. from like Maybe still, maybe still S tier, most likely A tier, and maybe as low as B tier would be kind of we like can the range. Drop play. him, maybe. I don't know, Eric. If yeah, you want to keep him top of A tier, you could drop him in A. And, you could drop yeah. him in A tier. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and then to be determined, he could very well be very strong. Still, uh, I think he's still a good choice. I just, yeah. I, I hesitate to say that he's as dominant as he was, mm-hmm. especially because no, he, he already had weaknesses before. So I think, yeah, he, yeah, he's definitely he's definitely not enough. <laughs> definitely not that <laughs> that good, but. I think okay. A tier is pretty reasonable. So rolling into the, the ice last game, but so, not least. So Frozen was never my favorite movie, but Icelander is probably go, my man. favorite Let wizard now because she's just so interesting. And what I mean, I don't mean bad interesting. I mean funny interesting. Like this, like, cause some of the combos she could pull off, and the fact that you can just like look your opponent dead in the eye and channel them before they're doing anything on their turn is just like hilarious, right? Yeah. So I think the comedy factor is quite high. <laughs> There's no like. no room for comedy on this tier list, unfortunately. Okay. Well, okay. So here here's the actual rating here. You, you just concede to you concede to prism, right? So you're conceding to prism. Yeah. So you get extra washroom breaks. You get a lunch break, <laughs> which is kind of nice. Um, but like reasonably speaking, assuming there will like there will be prisms at PT. I I know those. I know Europeans love love some prism. I've seen the prism prism out there. Um, and that's a thing. And having an auto loss is <laughs> really not ideal, even in a mixed format, because that means you have even less CC games. And that auto loss could be like one of your three early games in your first three rounds, and you might just not like top because of it, kind of mm-hmm. thing. Like it's a thing that can happen. Um, <clears throat> I think Icelander is is got a very good game plan into control. Ah, Fro- the Frostex plan is good into control. It, it is. It's uh. It's good into uh, like old him. Uh, Bravo is interesting. I think your favorite into Bravo. I think with Bravo becoming more disruptive and having much more value that you don't need seismics. I think it's very close. Uh, it's still favored for Icelander, but it's not as favored as I thought it was beforehand. Um, but either way, you're good into the slower decks because uh, you have time to build like insidious texts, uh, amulets, all that kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Your aggro matchup used to be interesting because, as Yuki alluded to, Phi goes fast very fast, right? Uh, it's very strong turn one right out the gate. You miss a turn, you're kind of... Icelander has a really... You could you could do really well and, like, sack a channel turn one, that kind of thing, and buy yourself some time, for sure. Um, but Icelander... <clears throat> sorry, Icelander doesn't have very much armor. Icelander starts at 36. Mm-hmm. There's... She's just not, like... She doesn't have as much uh, formability there to be able to withstand that. But I think <clears throat> she has the ability to draw out the game. She has striders that can grab tempo from like literally anywhere, like ice veins, uh, in case freezing points. Like she could have some pretty gnarly combos to do some very unexpected damage. I think 
she has the surprise factor being an uprising hero. Uh, many people will not have a bunch of reps into Icelander. I don't think they will. That is my guess. Um, people might not be running enough null rune. People might be underestimating her. I think she's a good hero. Mm -hmm. I think she's a very difficult hero to play optimally. And unless you are very confident in your aggro matchups, I, I honestly think Viscerai is... I hazard to say even-ish. I think it really depends on like what kind of build you're running and like how you approach the matchup. I think yeah. it can be okay with for Icelander. Uh, Isurai having their in, uh, having his inherent discounts off road chance, having his like ability to go really efficient with low cards, having a lot of blues. Uh, even Phi, like Phi was not an easy matchup. Like Phi was also very efficient off the slower builds, uh, using Ember Blade to really like chip away. Uh, not as favored as you would have thought. And based on that, I would put her at like in the B category, mm -hmm. uh, probably somewhere like in the middle. Honestly, I think she can be good with the right pilot on the right build. I think she needs help from Gem because Prism is an auto loss. Mm -hmm, yeah. um, but okay. when Prism's yeah. gone, should be a lot more interesting. But mm -hmm. at the moment, I think that she can be good. And I think there's good lists. I, I think she's closer than Dromai as far as like good lists. Like I think her optimal lists mm -hmm. are closer to optimization than Dromai is, right? Not as much as Phi, obviously, well beforehand, right? Uh, but but higher than Dromai. And I think based on that, I think if you give people another three weeks and they focus on Icelander, I think there could be some interesting stuff popping up. And that's kind of why I think she has a uh, potential. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I think she has. Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, the Prism matchup is always going to be a thorn in her side until Prism's gone, like you said. And Dromai is also like unfortunate. You can win, but it's yeah. it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. Um, yeah, my experience with Icelander has been similar. That if if the aggro decks are blue heavy mm -hmm. and run. High AB and have good burst. Mm -hmm. On a lot of your average Icelander turns, um, the aggro decks can sort of like block out if they're getting disrupted too much, and then just yep. attack when when they have the resources when they're able to. And and the efficient they just kind of play like an efficiency game, and it's hard for Icelander to keep up. That being said, she can disrupt. I have lost Icelanders on this, so like I think it's a solid matchup, but it feels. She kind of has like the same problems I was saying with Lexi, where I feel like like her overall, even though her aggro matchup is solid, and I think like you are favored, mm -hmm. it kind of depends how favored you can get. And the builds yeah. that I've seen so far, um, granted, like I don't have a wizard specialist that I test with, but the builds I've seen so far, I don't know if the juice is worth the squeeze. Like I think you're not getting enough in those aggro matchups to offset the fact that you have these tough illusionist matchups. Um, yeah, and, and you know, like Dromai's a Dromai's a pain, um, mm -hmm. and you can just kind of like randomly lose to these aggro decks, even though it's supposed to be your bread and butter. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, no, she's, I, I, she's okay. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with like i don't think the current lists are as favored as i thought they would be on paper i think they're probably closer to like 55 maybe 60 where i thought they would be 70 30 honestly when i was like looking at the initial spart like 
and like we, we do have like something on the channel like we do see the power of iceland into like briar like hypothermia is a hell of a drug like there, there are cards that just shut turns down <clears throat> right yeah. but especially on the right timing but i don't think on average those are like gonna be the amazing games you're expecting and in mixed yeah. format that is a consideration right so yeah okay bottom of b top of c that seems about right um i could see oh you oh you want to you would have put her on c i was thinking we, we can leave her we can leave her b tier like, oh, yeah, she's maybe she's a little bit higher no you'll put her in c no, tier crap no. join azalea <laughs> whoa i didn't say that <laughs> what c stands just what c stands for i wasn't going into there but uh, i think i think it's uh, it's kind of okay most yeah. heroes are good at b and b yeah and i think that's healthy for the meta right i think uh -huh not having a whole bunch of S uh, and the S not being like overwhelmingly S it, it's, it's pretty good. But like, I think mm -hmm. this kind of goes to the point where there are obviously a lot of things that can happen in the next three weeks, but it is still a very diverse meta road to Nats season was very diverse, I think. And I think it'll probably stay that way for PT with five, just getting weaker because uh, yeah. it's not going to be as like Phi dominated as people might have been expecting with the other other kind of events. Um, and so that being said, appreciate Yuki for coming on for this uh, meta meta breakdown here in front of uh, PT Leal. She will be there. The uh... no, I'm not going to give her all her titles back. Uh, she she <laughs> she will be there. Uh, so if you want to meet her, you know that's that that's yeah. a chance. And... Yeah, come up, come up, say hi. Um... Get her to, to sign something. Whoa. Make her make uh, her sign uh, your gold coins. Sign her. Uh, we'll get her a booth. We'll get her a spark booth, and we'll just shove oh, Yuki there man. for a couple hours, like back in the back next to like one of the artists or something. Uh, I'll um, send you the invoice after the show. For that. <laughs> oh, that's okay. We make a ton of money, like negative income. But uh, <laughs> point being is, appreciate you for coming on. Uh, with that, we will have this up, of course, on Spotify. If you enjoyed the the video, feel free to like, comment, and subscribe. With that, from wherever you are watching in the world, have a good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Bye for now.